This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. If you've been with us for the past few episodes of this podcast, first of all, thanks for being a loyal listener. But you know that we've been sharing a series of conversations all about what child discipleship looks like outside the borders of the United States. And I hope these conversations have been as inspiring and uplifting for you as they have been for me. But today, we're going to hear from Miguel Perez, a global vice president for Awana serving in Latin America. You can learn more about Miguel and his ministry in the show notes, and you'll hear us reference this in the episode, but I wanted to say up front, talking to Miguel reminded me of the certainty of the gospel. So much still, even after a year of a pandemic for a lot of us, feels uncertain, and our kids feel that uncertainty too. But leaders like Miguel and loving, caring adults like you get to come alongside kids and their families in these uncertain times with the certainty of a loving God who knows them and cares for them. What a privilege it is to do this work. And I hope after hearing from Miguel, you feel like it's a privilege in your context too. We start the conversation focused on what child discipleship historically has looked like in Latin America and how the focus on the local leader has made all the difference. Thank you for listening. This is the Resilient Disciples Podcast. For, for years, from the beginning with Aguana, all our efforts with child discipleship has been based on the materials and the curriculum we have provided for, for years. Uh, the last probably 15 years, we launched the leader based strategy where the curriculum is uh, continuing being really important. Uh, however, the training for leaders, the connection, the connection among the leaders and their churches, creating networking and empowering the group of churches has grown. And uh, the focus is main equipping the leaders uh, how to do their job, even in places where don't, they don't have access to hard copies, to materials and this kind of resources, resources that we used to have here in the States. So the movement empowering the, the leaders uh, is amazing. Uh, uh, they are excited being involved in the ministry and, and developing other ways to do the ministry, you know, depending on hard copies. Sure. Well, and what I hear from you in that is by investing in the leader, you're doing a majority of the work that yes, the tools, the hard copies have been nice, but that making sure that that leader feels well equipped to show the love of Jesus to the children that they serve. Yes. That is what's most important. You're making the main thing, the main thing we might say. Um, And that's been going on for a while. Now the pandemic has brought a bunch of things to light that maybe we weren't paying attention to. Before that started though, what was the health of the church in Latin America? Would you say that things were going well within the area that you serve? Uh, were there pre-existing struggles that the pandemic has made broader? Like what, what was the state of the church in Latin America? Uh, probably the same around the world. We, we 
we could see some churches doing an amazing job, a good connection. Other churches struggling with, uh, well, with the level of commitment of the volunteers. And some other churches are distracted in many other things. And some of them complain about the, the difficulties times. Uh, but we, we, we could find all kinds of churches, but most of the churches we are serving they are learning and getting more traction about how to do the ministry, how to focus. And we have a good number of churches and leaders uh, uh, having good success uh, and clarity about uh, doing the children ministry and discipling the children. That's beautiful. Can you help folks understand what is the scope of your ministry? How many kids, how many countries, what does that look like in Latin America for you? Okay. Uh, according to our records, we have, we have uh, we are serving around thirty five hundred uh, churches in Latin America, and that uh, all of those churches are reaching and serving uh, two hundred thousand children in in our area. Wow! Um, I think people often make a mistake with a region like yours, assuming that. The experiences that folks are having um, is, I think it would be monolithic, right? Where everyone is processing it the same way. And we know that that's not true. We know that every one of those children, every one of those leaders represents an individual story, represents an individual experience that they're having with God. Um, But one of the things that we know for sure across the board is that the coronavirus has drastically impacted child discipleship. We know it hasn't stopped child discipleship. We know that God is still on the move, but can you speak to some of, some of the ways I'm not, not pretending that you're going to be able to give an exhaustive list, but can you speak to some of the ways that you've seen the coronavirus impact child discipleship? Well, probably one of the uh, biggest impact is the uncertainty of the, what what will happen? How long will we uh, wait for uh, some Direction, what to do at the beginning. Uh, well, probably they thought about one week, two weeks, well, a month, and passing, passing, what to do. And uh, that's if one side with the, with the churches, because most of the churches in urban areas, they need to close and to stop the, their activities, and the parents. Uh, even stopped their, their jobs and most of them uh, lost uh, their employments. Uh, many of our people in Latin America, they work in an, in an, an informal way, working on the streets, outside. Okay. And because the COVID was, was practically impossible for many of them continue doing their job. Oh, wow. Sure. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Yes, and some of them uh, continue working in the <laughs> hiding way, but because what's the only way to, they have to continue supporting their families, and that impacted the level of contagious. Sure. In the, because well, well, that I mean, that's I mean, that's just such a tragic thing to think about in the ways in which it's like a, it's like a ripple effect where not only are you building on that anxiety that you spoke to of when is this going to be over, 
okay, one week becomes two, two weeks become three. And now we're, our lives have been impacted by the coronavirus for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. But also the really specific way of creating economic insecurities. And we know that that has been a really broad issue. But to speak to that too, where it's this uncertainty of when am I going to be able to do my job again? When am I going to be able to do the thing that provides for my family again? And we know that kids are impacted by that. Those of you who are listening have probably experienced, still consider remember as a child when your parents were going through economic hard times, whatever that meant for your family. And you can still feel that as an adult. So we know, would you say that that is where the church has to step in, step into that uncertainty with a, the certainty of the gospel, or is it not quite that simple? Uh, well, uh, when I, I think of, uh, talk about uncertainty, it's about uh, what to do or how long will, be, will we wait about uh, uh, the lockdown, the ministry, well, thinking about the, the opportunity and the, the answers, uh, when I check the pictures and testimonies of the leaders enjoying the time together in home, online, and doing some efforts, some of them uh, walking house by house, door by door, uh, sharing with the children the, the verses and the stories, just the, the connection, thinking about there is other, thinking about me, taking care of me, uh, revived the hope and the connection uh, with them. That was a really, really good experience of uh, therapy. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's, I've said a lot of times on this podcast, the one of the best parts of working with kids just really broadly is you inherit it's inherently optimistic work it's inherently hopeful work because of the joy that just comes about being around kids and what i've learned is that even in the ways in which i'm not necessarily interacting with a child every day for my job i'm in a better position than my friends who work in companies that don't have this kind of mission of child discipleship that there is an optimism, there's a hope, there's a connection that comes from doing what we do every day, even for you at a director level, or me as a guy who talks into a microphone, that is unique to the work with child discipleship. And there, that hope is hope from the Lord. That hope uh, keeps spilling out and impacting me uh, in unexpected ways. Well, you know that when we talk about the resilient discipleship, uh, and about the three Bs, one, the first B about uh, belong, that belonging sense and practice, practice way with the discipleship uh, is amazing. It's amazing uh, in, in many ways. One way, because, well, we, we talk about one-to-one or the small group creating belonging with the children and their leaders uh, is, is really important. But also we are ex- experiencing the same of, sense of belonging even through a uh, remote mode. And even not only with the small groups, but all, also among churches and leaders across the borders. Sure. Uh, 
because the connection we have, the ministry we have, the networks uh, we have developed, when we have had uh, prayer times with the leaders, having uh, most of the 17 countries around Latin America and uh, prayer time and, and uh, devotionals and uh, trainings uh, with key leaders, with pastors, denominational leaders. And that is, that is creating also a good answer for, uh, for this time of uncertainty uh, for our leaders, creating that sense of belonging and increasing our capacity of uh, resiliency for our people. And I'm excited when I see that because usually we talk about, well, about small groups that we are seeing and experiencing. Uh, in a some way, in a global way, using the the electronic and online resources. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Let's talk about moms. We know the impact a mom can make in her home, community, and the kingdom of God. We know that when a mom encounters Jesus, it's exponential discipleship because her family does as well. And for nearly 50 years, Mops International has used the common experience of motherhood to create opportunities for women and their families to encounter Jesus. They partner with churches and organizations like Awana worldwide to equip and encourage moms in more than 70 countries. Through their ministry, they remind women that they're not alone, that motherhood is significant, and that Jesus calls them beloved. In addition, they give them the tools they need so that moms can thrive and feel equipped to disciple the next generation in Christ's name. As MOPS approaches a half century of impact, they recognize that shifting cultural norms and a global pandemic are creating a pivotal moment of opportunity. Moms are more isolated and stressed than ever before. We all know that moms need community now more than ever. Whether you're a mom or you just know a mom, I want you to join MOPS. I want you to support the moms in your community. By serving or donating, you are offering hope and introducing moms to Jesus. Visit MOPS.org to learn more. I share that optimism. I share the, the ways in which I've just been so impressed and inspired by those people like people who listen to this podcast, those who are investing in child discipleship in their communities to make sure that children feel like they belong in these unprecedented circumstances, uh, because that work is the work of the church right now. And mm -hmm. the yes. churches that we see being successful and whatever that means to you right now are the right. ones who are doing that well with the kids in their communities. You know, so we've spoken a lot about this, but I think it's helpful to really uh, say it explicitly, say it out loud for uh, folks to understand the ways in which child discipleship is the same in the areas that they are and the areas uh, that you serve. You know, you already spoke about a bit of the three B's, but again, a big, broad question. What do you feel like the children in your, in the community that you serve need to be disciples, to be successful in child discipleship? Well, uh, one of the uh, thing we are seeing now is well how to how to encourage to quit to keep focus and, and full of hope the parents 
and how to equip the leaders to do that with the, the parents. How to, how to create a connection because, well, working with network, network of parents or families is something new for many of our churches. Sure. And what to do. And really, really, I'm humbling <laughs> with the, the way God is, is uh, using us uh, in, in a simple way, but just to be there closer our people, willing to talk with them, creating uh, this uh, belonging sense, connecting with the leaders and trying to refocus them, how to use the resources we have, the training we have to, well, now, uh, now to connect with the parents, how to quit the parents, how to use the resources. And we started the last year the, uh, something new for our strategy, but we are talking about the family networks, how to stand the club from the buildings to home. And I, I, well, almost, it makes me cry to to think about the, the picture and testimonies, seeing even no believers, fathers, Watching, I remember now a picture, one father watching the fear of his child practicing the lesson when when Jesus do it for his disciples. Absolutely. That's practicing the lesson and doing it. And, And I remember the face of the child smiling because it's something unusual having his father in home doing the lesson of the the bible uh, uh, yeah you're right yeah that's beautiful Uh, yeah uh well in inside in the the midst of this hard time well we are seeing miracles changing the heart of the children changing the heart of the parents and the leaders, new experiences. That's such a beautiful picture of what this can look like um, despite the times, despite the ways in which we try to say no to leaning in. Uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening is imagining what that child's face looked like and knows what children in their community's face look like when they have that kind of unique uh, God moment for lack of a better term, um, in ways that can only happen when we are intentional about discipling our children. And you spoke briefly about how you're seeing that even in non-believers. And I'm sure that to people who are not yet part of the family of God, the church has this opportunity to really be different to really be filled with hope, really be serving, really be optimistic, really be showing everyone around them the love of Jesus. And that is going to be attractive to a non-believer. That's going to draw them in. And that very well might start with drawing in a child. Mm-hmm. So uh, you shared a great story. So I'm going to just ask the question this way instead, which is if someone's listening to this and they have a heart for Latin America, 
they have a heart for the area that you serve, what are the ways that they can support what God is up to in your region of the world? The first thing is uh, keep us in the prayers. Because, well, we now we are facing the, uh, the pandemic time. Yeah. But also we have many other challenges in Latin America, the political situation, the natural disasters. Recently we, we faced terrible hurricanes in Central America. Those hurricanes devastated uh, Colombia, Panama, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras. Even recently I saw some pictures from uh, a, a special house in, in uh, uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, that is still underwater many oh. weeks later. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, and, well, prayer. Because we know that this is an, an spiritual uh, world. <laughs> and we need, ob obviously, the, the hand of God with us. The other thing is, well, we need, we need to continue uh, training more leaders. But because we are seeing now, because the leaders know what to do, how to do it, and have are connected with other leaders that encourage them, creating the networking and the, the sense of community to uh, help them to keep uh, focusing their ministry, encouraging them. And well, we need, we need the, uh, the resources uh, to continue providing uh, support, networking, training, online training, online resources uh, to expand uh, the networks in Latin America. The other, other thing is probably many of our, our churches, our listeners uh, he, now, they know people in Latin America. If they introduce us, they endorse, endorse the ministry. Hey, I know a, Colombia, a Colombian guy here that has connection with a church in Colombia. And I have a neighbor who is from El Salvador. I would like to talk with him and to, to connect with another church in El Salvador. Those, making those connections is a great uh, support for us, introducing with the new pastors and new churches. That's a great point. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's not a cliche to say that there's sometimes where the, the kingdom, Christendom, can be quite small. And you, the person who's listening to this, might have a connection to Latin America that um, can open up the doors of what we're talking about, can open up child discipleship in a community that otherwise wouldn't have it. And if that's you, you know, I would encourage you to contact your local Awana missionary. You can contact the podcast. Like we will make sure that you get connected to Miguel or the right people who can help um, spread child discipleship because it is the most important conversation that we can be having at the, as the church. And mm -hmm. uh, God is doing amazing things in Latin America to change the future of a region. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity. Continue praying for us. I continue praying for our current leaders representing many, many denominations and churches in our 70, 17 countries in Latin America. 
And please continue praying for the new leaders. There are many leaders that we need to reach and to train and to equip. Some of them are no believers yet. <laughs> but yeah, but we're going to we get have millions of children in Latin America needing Jesus. Amen. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard I'll Let Go provided by Josiah Williams from his album Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.